I'm Matt Bush with BPR News. I'm speaking with Corrine Duncan. She is Buncombe County's Elections Director. Corrine, thank you so much for joining us to discuss mail-in voting. Thank you. We really appreciate being on your show. So first off, to start, how much more... How many more requests have there been for mail-in balloting or for mail-in ballots this year in Buncombe County as opposed to four years ago? So in 2016, we had about 7,500 requests total. So that was for the full election. Now, currently, with about two and a half months left before the election, we've already received 25,000 requests in just Buncombe County. So a very large increase. Right, and we're hearing statewide it's about 15 times more at this point. And that's just before mail-in ballots actually get mailed out. So for those who have already requested it, we'll start with them. What should they expect? The ballots are going out on Friday, September 4th. So what should those who have already requested a ballot, what should they expect in the coming weeks? So first, thanks for pointing out the request process. So in North Carolina, you must request an absentee ballot. There's no ballots going out to everyone in the state. If you want an absentee by mail ballot, you need to request one. So once you have requested it, uh, ballots will start going out on September 4th. And they'll show up in the mail. They'll be marked with official elections mail. And there'll be instructions in there to let you know how to vote your ballot. You'll need a witness. And you'll need to read the instructions and make sure that you sign. And then you have two options to send in the ballot by mail. Or you can drop it off in person. And there's two ways to drop off in person. You can do it at an early voting location. Now, at an early voting location, there won't be any special lines for you to drop off your absentee. You would have to go through that process. Uh, But we will have one at our office. So you can come to our office and uh, there'll be a dedicated line for accepting absentee by mail ballots there. I want to make sure that everyone knows that when you're returning your absentee ballot, you're returning that to an elections official and it's someone who will check in that ballot and will have you sign a log. So yeah, just to go through a few of those things right now, who qualifies as a witness and what is the witness process that someone will need to know to fill out a ballot, to fill out their their mail-in absentee ballot? So anyone can be a witness. They need to be over 18. And you're there witnessing that the person who's filling out the ballot is the person who requested the ballot. So that's your job as a witness to make sure that that is true. You're not witnessing the person's vote. You are just making sure that that person who voted the ballot is is that person. Okay, then turning it in, who is allowed to turn the ballot in? whether they mail it back, whether they drop it off at an early voting site, whether they take it to the county elections office, who is allowed to return the ballot? So only the voter or a near relative. So that's your spouse or direct relative. And this means that you can't return a ballot for your friends or neighbors. It's got to be only the voter or the close relative. And again, that you'll be signing along that that you turned it in for them. For people mailing it back instead of returning it in person, what do they need to know about mailing the ballot back? So mailing the ballot back, the probably the biggest thing that people need to know this year is that the Postal Service is experiencing some delays because of the giant volume of mail they're getting. So uh, our request forms, the deadline is October 27th, but we really think you should get it in a week before that. And the post office has also put out information uh, confirming that too. 
they're also encouraging to kind of be a week ahead of deadlines. So that's the same thing with the ballot. You can mail your ballot uh, and it just needs to be postmarked on election day, but we need to receive that ballot within three days of election day. So by that Friday after the election. So if you mail your ballot on election day, you're really taking a risk. We need you to get that ballot in early to make sure it's counted. So just to give everyone an, an idea of that, if you wait need three days after the election, that would be Friday, November 6th. So if there's a delay of maybe about two weeks with uh, with mail right now, so that would mean most people, if they want to make sure their ballot is, uh, mail-in ballot is counted, they should have it mailed by October 23rd? Two weeks before the election is a good idea. Sorry, that would be October 20th. I apologize. Um, okay, thank you. So... Um, those are, this is for people who have already requested the ballots. Now, if you've requested a ballot, does that mean you have to vote by ballot or by mail-in uh, by mail-in voting, or can you still vote either early voting or on election day? That's another great question. So yes, if you request a ballot, you can decide, hey, I don't want to vote by mail. I would like to go vote in person. You are perfectly fine to do that. When you go vote in person, the system will mark you as voted and will cancel your absentee by mail ballot and the request. Okay, for people who have yet to request a mail-in ballot, how do they go about doing that and when can they expect the ballot to uh, come to them? Absentee ballot requests are available online at our website. You can download it, fill it out, sign it, and send it in. You can also come to our office and get one in person. We've got a setup in our lobby for you to be able to do that. We also have a drop box in our lobby if you want to drop it off in person. Uh, if you don't have access to a printer or you can't come to our office, you can also call us and we'll mail you a request form. Okay. Um, if they come to get it in person, I mean, what, what sort of ID, if any, do people need to show to be able to request um, a mail-in ballot? You don't need an ID to request. When you fill out the form, you will need to provide ID, so your driver's license or the last four of your social security, and you'll need to sign the form. And we'll look at all of that information to make sure that it matches what's in our records before we authorize the request. What other sorts of information should people know about requesting a ballot this week? The state also offered a new option in requesting a ballot. Tell us a little bit about that first. So that was a fantastic year. This is a fantastic year to start this new option, which is an online portal for requesting an absentee ballot. So currently, we have to do everything on paper. The request comes in, we scan it, we data enter it. It's a time-intensive process for the voter and for our team. Uh, so what is available now is you can go online to the state board's website and do all that requesting through their online portal. If someone hasn't registered to vote yet, when do they need to register by? And can they register and then get, how quickly would they be able to get a mail-in ballot after they register? So you can actually use a request form to register, an absentee request form to register. Um, but registration is online at our website again, and you'll have to fill out a form, make sure you fill out all of the information, all the red boxes, make sure you fill them out so that, uh, that the processing time is the least possible. If you did forget something, we would contact you and let you know and get that uh, updated. And the deadline for getting registered is October 9th. Now, 
in North Carolina, during early voting, you can do what's called same day register. So you can go to an early voting site if you're not registered and get registered and vote there at the same time. So what else would you like people to know about mail-in balloting? There's obviously a lot of myths and rumors and things that are floating out about uh, mail-in balloting right now. So what are some of the things that you've been dealing with as you come up to this? As you said, again, you're at about three or four times as many ballots being requested before they even go out as you were, uh, as opposed to 2016. So what sorts of things do you want people to know right now? Um, And what sorts of questions have you been getting uh, as this process has gone along. So yes, it's a very large increase in volume. I'm very happy that North Carolina has so many options for voting so that we can be responsive when there are new challenges. 2020 has definitely brought a few to us and we have been able to respond. So that's fantastic. Yes, the volume is big and that's okay. We are um, have expanded our team to be able to handle these requests. Um, But they are a lot. So previously, you would be able to file your request, we'd be able to process it that day, and you could call us and check on it. And uh, it's taking us longer. So we're wanting everybody to be patient. The other thing is that a lot of groups have been sending out absentee request forms in the mail, and it's perfectly legal for these groups to be doing that. They're just trying to help get out the vote and uh, have uh, show what types of options there are for voting. But if you have filled out a request, you don't need to do another one. One request is all that's needed. And those ballots will start going out on September 4th and we'll process them as, as quickly as we can. We're expecting that if you've already submitted your request that you should get your ballot within two weeks. What would happen if you make more than one request for an absentee ballot? Uh, Maybe even if you're doing it by accident, as you said, a lot of these mailers are coming to people that are not coming from official sources like yourself. So what happens if you make more than one request for a mail-in ballot? If you make more than one request, that's perfectly fine. We will take your request, make sure there weren't any changes from your original request, and just process that. Uh, for us, it just slows down our process. So if you're not making changes, it's, you know, we still check it. It's not going to hurt you. It just slows down our operations. What sorts of things has, has your office been doing to handle, to begin to handle this? I mean, what's it been like for, for you to all to, to begin to handle this? Again, four to th- about roughly four times more requests before the, before you even start sending them out. And North Carolina is the first state in the country to send the mail-in ballots or send mail-in ballots out to voters. So how has your office been beginning to handle this crush? What's been very different about 2020 for you? Obviously, 2020 has been very different for a lot of people, but what's it really been different for your office? So the main difference, of course, is just the volume. And so we've really had to expand the number of people who are helping out. So we've got a much larger team this year. And um, the portal, I think, will help a lot with being able to process that volume. So having more people and having the portal were the big changes this year to help us with the volume. You're already beginning now to look for uh, people who will help uh, on or for early voting and on election day and some other things, some people who volunteer opportunities and other opportunities to help your office. So what sorts of ways can people help your office uh, this, this election? Thank you. So as far as helping as an election worker, there's several ways. 
The first is a poll worker, and we have two types of poll workers. We have early voting, which is a 17-day commitment in Buncombe County at six-hour shifts. We've got 16 sites across the county that you can choose from, and that's an hourly position. So you get paid $12 an hour minimum to work early voting. On election day, we also have a need for poll workers, and that is a very long shift. So you're going to be working from about 5.30 in the morning to at least 7.30 at night. If you're a chief judge, you'll come back to our site and you'll check in all of those supplies. And usually we finish up at about 11. So that's a big commitment and one that we're really thankful for people joining. The pay for that position is $175 minimum, that's for an assistant, and $260 flat rate for someone who's taking on more responsibility as a chief judge. You get training and you also set up the site the night before the election. We also have, and this is a good relation to absentee, the, what the story's on today, is something called MAT teams. These are multi-partisan assistance teams, and these are, are our teams that go out to long care facilities and help them request and process their absentee ballots. So if anyone's interested in doing that, especially if you have experience in the healthcare world, that would be a great way to help us out. For people who are looking to volunteer, work at polls, work at early voting, work on those MAT teams, um, what sorts of protections are going to be in place for people who are working this year and for people who will be voting in person? What sorts of protections will be in place because of the pandemic? For poll workers, they will have full PPE. That's gloves, masks. They have face shields available. There's also a plexiglass shield between the poll worker and the voter at every check-in station, and they have cleaning equipment. They'll also be following social distancing guidelines at the polling locations, and they'll be cleaning any equipment that gets used between use between any uh, voter or poll worker. For voters, when they arrive at the polls, there'll be a greeter who will offer hand sanitizer and a mask if the voter doesn't have one, that they will offer that. There's also going to be single-use pens. We don't have the I Voted sticker this year. I know that's sad to a lot of people, but uh, we'll be giving out single-use pens for the voter to keep so that there's not uh, that type of contact in the polling location. And again, equipment, including the voting booths and the voting equipment will be sanitized between each use. Waiting in line this year, will the six feet of social distancing, will that be enforced by, by any election workers? And what effect could that have on lines? So we will definitely be encouraging the six foot spread and we'll have that marked. And that's a great thing to point out about the lines. So it is going to appear that lines are a lot longer than they are. During early voting, we have in Buncombe County a wait map. So you can go to that map and see how many people are at any early voting location. And that's updated every 15 minutes. And during election day, we have a list 
that you can also go to and look and see how many people are at the polling location that you're assigned to. Well, terrific. Is there anything else? We'll certainly catch up again as we get closer to early voting when that starts. But is there anything else you'd like to share with people if they have questions? And we've obviously covered a lot of ground in this interview. But if they have questions, if they have heard things, and we were talking earlier about, you know, streams that we're seeing, you know, just threads of things on Twitter or next door or just any number of places. So if they're hearing things and they want to reach out to try to get them answered, what should they do? Misinformation is a fantastic topic to go into. And the thing about it is there's all kinds of groups doing all sorts of things, malicious or not, that may have information that's incorrect in it. If you are unsure, go to the source. Call us, 828-250-4200. Go to our website or go to the state board's website and find out directly what the information is. We're happy to help you. Okay, terrific. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with everybody before we end? Okay, so for absentee ballot security, first, only registered voters who request an absentee ballot can get one. So there's not mailing out to all voters in North Carolina. It's only people who request the ballot. When you request, we verify uh, a piece of ID, so either your uh, driver's license number or your social security number and your date of birth, and you sign the form so we are making sure that all of this information matches what's in our database. And that's just for the request. We also do this when the ballot's returned. Fraudulently completing even the form let alone the ballot, is a class I felony. You have to have a witness in order to submit an absentee ballot, and only the voter or a near relative can return the absentee ballot. We keep a log of who's dropping off ballots, and we no longer publish who has requested absentee ballots. Voters are marked in the system once they have voted their absentee ballot so that they can't go vote in person on early voting or on election day. And vice versa, if you choose to go vote in person instead of voting your absentee ballot, you'll be marked accordingly. The state board also has investigators just for this purpose. So they're looking for anomalies and any aberrations that might clue into the fact that something's going on. And at the county and state level, we do extensive audits. So during the voting process, we're auditing. And after, there's a period called Canvas that happens from election day until 10 days after, where we take time to make sure that everything was conducted correctly. 